we've all had those conversations. You know, the ones in the car trip on the way home from the movies, catching up at the local cafe after an awesome weekend, or an even crazier week at work. Those conversations run laps in our heads, well after the coffee cup's empty and everyone's back home. But not everyone gets to be involved in those moments. Not everyone shares in the banter. So this podcast aims to capture some of those discussions, let you share in the chat, and hopefully provoke some extra thoughts along the way. We'll debrief some of the happenings in our lives, bounce around newfound theories, or even just discuss what awesome lessons God's been teaching us recently. So tune in, make yourself comfy, and let's chat. <laughs> it's all gone. We will record and keep everything. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. It's, uh, it just really is. It's therapeutic. Yeah, it is, absolutely. Yeah. I, I know it gets real good further on we go. We'll workshop it. It's great! <laughs> G'day. In this episode, we'll hear from the Boys of the Foundry, a local share house filled with young Christian men in various stages of life, from full-time study, full-time work, to full-time ministry. Our conversation went for so long and covered such a great variety of topics. We've had to split it into two. So, without further ado, here's part one. Enjoy. Like, he's talking to different members of the Trinity. This is really cool in the Old Testament. Oh, really? Yeah. So Micah is talking, well, prophesying about God. And it's like, God, you will do this to your people. He will wash away our sins. And it's like switching between these two <laughs> tenses as if there's two different people of the Trinity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. And I was like, oh my goodness. That's intense. Yeah. How do you track that? Like, is it clearly, is it like noted? Is it? Cause man, that just... I mean, like, I didn't really look into it, but uh, it seemed pretty cool when he showed me. Oh, so Yeah, cool. it's at the end of Micah. The passage specifically is... Oh, I think, I think it's because BP was all like, dude. You know, I can't even find Micah. It's in there somewhere. You know what? <laughs> it's still there, I'm sure. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, boy. The very last lines of Micah is, who is a god like you? Who's a god like you? <laughs> um... <laughs> Forgiving iniquity and passing over rebellion for the remnant of his inheritance. He does not hold on to his anger forever because he delights in faithful love. He will have compassion on us. He will vanish our iniquities. You will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show loyalty to Jacob and faithful love to Abraham as you swore long ago. So it's wow. like either... It's really helpful when you point... Be, and whenever you uh, say he will and you will... When you point to a different person, that's actually really helpful. This audio recording is actually not going to help anyone. Wait, are you recording? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks for that, Gold. If they found out I didn't right. release recorded conversations with Nambi, I'd probably be, you know, in all sorts of strife. When, when you type in Let's Chat into iTunes, it's the first thing that comes up. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, dude, you know, you know what could be cool for a cool podcast idea if you're down? Yeah, no, no, record. I, I, no. <laughs> So I've been thinking about the term born again and we yeah. throw it around in church a lot and it's pretty sure. It seems pretty simple. But it's like Himilode, like it's actually a very literal term. Like we are Reborn. Reborn. Like that's not like I always thought that was a super lofty concept, but it's like like the thing which gives us life, which is the Holy Spirit, which will keep us alive for all eternity, has been given to us. So in every sense of the way we've been quite physically born again oh, yeah like completely new life 
and therefore yeah. that act of new life being the birth sort of thing. Like yeah. That starting point of a new life. Yeah. So except for coming out of your mother's womb, every other thing which compromises life has been given. Like. Yeah. yeah right. Do you guys think we should try to figure out what day we were born again and celebrate our rebirth days? Dude, that's <laughs> that's harsh on those of us that never had the pinpoint moment. Yeah, yeah, me neither. But... Like people with the anniversary day of when they became a Christian have a super big advantage on on that sort of thing. It's yeah, like, it's like what Pete was saying in the sermon. Like that's exactly. Yeah. Um, people celebrate their wedding days. They don't celebrate the day that. They fell in they love. They fell in love because they don't actually know what day they fell in love. Yeah. Do you know what so, day you were baptized? No, we celebrate the wedding day, which is when we're married to the, the lamb. Yeah, well, I mean, the wedding day, <laughs> the, like, the <laughs> baptism is, is sort of like Oh, the baptism the, was the engagement. Yeah, but, you did the baptism was the engagement. <laughs> so when's the, when's the other? When, like, when's the marriage to, to Christ? When do you return? I feel like... It's, so, right, so it's ever at the same those, time. So yeah. we don't have those days. Yeah. That's really long. We well, actually, in the book of Revelation, it spells it out pretty clearly. It's right. going to be 2033. Yeah, cool, cool. cool. Uh, <laughs> 2033. Yeah. Uh, I've got some stuff to do before then. <laughs> I've got some questions about that. Yeah. Hey. Oh. D Hub has just walked in, and uh, hey man, what are you doing in 2033? I'm just super intrigued. Wait, 2033? Yeah. That's, that's when the end times come, according to Sandwich Board Bambi over here. Oh, sandwich Board <laughs> 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 Bambi. Is that the thousand years theory thing, isn't it? Or like, have like 2,000 years, it was like yeah. 30, like Jesus. God, yeah. Um, what am I doing in 33? Yeah. <laughs> if, if we're going on this theory, going to heaven. Celebrating the marriage feast. I don't know what I'll be doing. I'll probably be somewhere teaching, I'd say. Oh, yeah. I'll be, uh, I'll be 40. What? 40? Oh, hey, 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 hey. Podcast. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's currently the backing track. He's, I mean, he's already... I don't, I don't know. Podcast. Yes, he's on. You're on. <laughs> oh, this makes so much more sense. <laughs> as to why I actively announced you as you walked into the room. Yes. Dude, I just thought you were being friendly. <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking to D-Hubs here. How you going? How's your day been? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> just a quick roll check in the room. We have Kyla, Nambi, Simon, D-Hubs, and, uh, and me. That's trad. So, uh, so is this like a drive you home podcast now? Like with this many hosts, like what's the go? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a licorice all sorts at the moment. There was meant to be structure. <laughs> Alan's party mix, mate. Alan's yeah, I party know. mix. We're not all licorice, come on, man. <laughs> oh man. But no. So we were actually talking about particular Bible verses that are specifically basic, but incredibly profound. What's the simplest Bible verse you can think of? That's also profound. <laughs> we right. start with the simplicity, I mean, and then we all of them are profound. Yeah. Jesus wept. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> That's John so Lovett's better drive. The creator of worlds. <laughs> yeah, I, I pulled out your Micah 7 verse that you showed me in Philippines. Which one? The one where it's, he's talking like, who is a God like you? And he starts talking to he. Yeah. yeah, that one's really cool because it's like you, you, he, he. It's like Jesus. It's like what? So you, you being God, he yeah. being Jesus. Yeah, it's saying like, who is a God like you, who pardons our iniquity? He will come and rada rada rada. I don't really remember it, but like I remember reading it and going like, ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not a pickup because it's not in that verse, like chapter five, where everyone's like, oh, it's prophetic, you know. 
I think it's actually really prophetic to Christ. No so. scripture is pathetic. Prophet. Did I, did I say pathetic? No. No, no. no scripture is pathetic. Thank you. Oh, boy. Actually, really simple but profound verse. John 3.16. Forgot. Love the world. Okay. So, obviously, like, profound. But did you have a moment where that became, like, really incredible? Yeah. As in, you read it for ages and it kind of like didn't stick, and then all of a sudden you went. I did. Get a, <laughs> had a new girl from your brain. I think it was doing this, the Roman series at church. Like, the first few chapters of Romans, um, Paul is stepping through. You know, like, you can't be saved by the law. You can't be saved by what you do. Yeah. All that stuff. You just can't be saved, essentially, yeah. is what's established. <laughs> and then, like, it, it eventually comes to faith, and it's a really... Like, I can imagine for the Jews, it would have been like, wait, what? Like, for anyone who thought whoa, whoa, you could whoa. work your way up to God, suddenly, they were like, wait, faith? And, like, I guess, like, considering that, like, it wasn't... Not that it wasn't meant to be like that. Like, it was totally planned from eternity's past. But in a sense, like, the whole structure of Israel should have worked. Like, they were God's people. They had the law. It should have worked tight. But, you know, Israel was rebellious and God, you know, like, that verse which is like, I've had my arms out all day to a rebellious people. And so he was like, no, forget it then. Let's bring the whole world in. Um, and kind of like the, the ending of like Israel to spreading out to the whole world. It's kind of like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, I got it. You know, the parable of the wedding feast right. where it's like some invites went out to the wedding feast, um, but they didn't want to come. So the, the master of the house told his servants, go out into the streets, find anyone you can yeah. and invite them to the wedding feast. And then it's a bit, a bit about like wearing the right wedding clothes. Um, it's not that God's... Well, God is desperate in a sense that he desperately wants people to be re- reunited with him. And, like, kind of in that sense, reading John 3.16 is like, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him... Yeah. It's kind of like, I have done so much for the universe... And my very last call is that, like, I've literally sent my son so that all you have to do is just say yes and you'll be invited to the wedding. Like, that's... That's... That's all. (laughs) Kind of on that, um, back to Romans, the idea that... Romans 3.26, so it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It's that idea that like just like you were talking about, he's gone right. Nope. Okay, I got it. I don't, we're gonna cover it completely. I will. I will both remain just, but also justify, in order to reunite everyone with me. But I think I also flip that a little bit sometimes and think that God's just responding to Israel's failure, but that's not how it worked. He was mm-hmm. actually always planning to broaden it to include a greater people. Like definitely, yeah. That idea of you know every nation, tongue, tribe, like 
that was his plan. That wasn't that wasn't because his plan A fell over and the Israelites were not good at looking yeah. after the law. Like and I think sometimes I forget that. Yeah. I think it was still a good plan, but he knew he knew that they were rebellious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not like he came up with a bad a bad plan. Guess the law didn't work. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> silly silly omniscient me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be stuck on that for quite a while. (laughs) What's that passage that Pete keeps using at the end of this sentence? Oh, Second Corinthians. (laughs) I think he made him who knew no sin sin. Yeah, he. he, I read it this morning. The become sin he knew no sin so that we would know the righteousness of God. It's like. Second Corinthians? Where is it in Second Corinthians? The last verse of chapter 5. Somewhere you can, you can find it. Just read the whole thing right now. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. What? That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the kicker there, because it's a it's relatively similar message, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John 3.16. But that we would become the righteousness of God. That is image of becoming. I'm gonna do a shameless plug for this app. Wait, are you recording right now? Yeah, go. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> so it's this uh, it's this scripture memory app called Verses. Like, and, uh, how's it spelt? Just. Like Bible verse. Oh, I thought it was so like ting ting. <laughs> yeah. Game on versus. Ooh, that'd be pretty good. Um, yeah, big, it, if it was a competitive scripture, scripture memory app. <laughs> wow. Yeah, oh, damn. Dude, that would, that's a pretty good um, idea. I'll challenge you to the whole chapter of I'm just gonna Romans do 8. Just do you already know See, Romans 8? Okay. No, I don't know the whole thing. <laughs> but um, yeah. it's really good. It's 99 cents. It, so you paid for it. Well, it's 99 cents to purchase any version other than the King, New King James version, I think. So have you just been learning the New King James version? No, I bought the ESV. <laughs> nah, he, he shelled out. It's better and than Scripture Typer. Uh, I don't have Scripture Typer. Scripture Typer is not like the best thing ever. So Scripture Typer is good up until 50 verses. Yeah. When you have to pay $15 for it. That is correct. It comes back. I'll tell you something later about Scripture memory. Well, this gives you the whole Bible for 99 cents. Well, the whole Bible for 99 cents sounds like a bargain, Kyle. It sounds like you should be more pumped about it. I know, it's really, it's really good. So I've had it downloaded for like a year, never used it, until I saw Kenny, Kenny using it the other day. And it reminded me, and now I've been doing just mad scripture memory. Dude, that's rad. Just mad scripture memory. What do you, what do you, why do you think scripture memory is important, Kyla? <laughs> because then I can, like, compete with my friends on who... <laughs> I really hope you keep all of this. <laughs> but we want it to be really, you know, that's right. That's authentic, free form. Yeah. yeah, I mean, man, we all have have, have those chats sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we go on the way home from. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for your input, Simon. <laughs> Long after the coffee cup is. I regret that <laughs> intro, dude. No, so, so what's funny good. about it is it's just like if it was like someone old and profound that you didn't know doing it it would be like wow Charles this guy is on point this guy Charles Evans whoa 
But just the it's, fact that we all know you're a 22 year old who nutty, cricket nut, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, shut up. <laughs> no, it's it's good, man. Don't, don't don't try and cover up the scars you the wounds you're inflicting. Never. These battle scars <laughs> don't look like they're fading. <laughs> anyway, can you tell me more about scripture memory? <laughs> bringing it back so here's a question why do you think scripture memory is important so for a while I just didn't <laughs> oh yeah cool cool cool, yeah. cool cool and then found out that when you actually want to talk to people about Jesus most of the time it just sounds like it's complete dribble that you've come up with in your own head um, then the idea that you're almost censoring like God's word mm. if you're deciding to just present your ideas to someone the idea of scripture memory being the real word of god that you can offer to someone when someone asks you what you think about something is just really powerful uh, yeah yeah i would say the best benefit scripture memory wise for me hasn't been just being able to recite scripture to people but just having the answers that i give be more like saturated with truth yeah like the idea of meditating on the word day and night and then it just kind of overflows in the way that you talk to people mm. like you like it's kind of weird to just be like oh james 5 talks about this specifically in verse 12 where he says you know like it's it can actually turn people off to do that but if you just give an answer that is saturated in the bible it can often be really helpful yeah, especially yeah. like in doing in doing ministry like there's just a lot of times when it it becomes like super helpful. That's right. Because it's not so much, it's not the reference. It's not like the quote followed by, yes, this was yeah. James 5.12. But the fact that your words are pretty much, you know, the core concepts and ideas are coming because you're realistically taking them straight from scripture. That, that's like the, the impactful thing for me. Yeah, I've, I've actually had like, kind of a love-hate relationship with scripture memory like over the years because <laughs> early on in my d groups after becoming a christian i had a couple leaders who would like force me to memorize the same verses that they were memorizing and i actually stopped enjoying it because they weren't verses that god was like specifically impressing on my heart to memorize and it felt like it was an external like they were kind of forcing me to do it yeah and so I stopped doing it for a while, and I think I'm getting back into it more like as I read scripture, making an effort to memorize the bits that are really influential for me or speak a lot of truth to me. So maybe I don't love like structured scripture memory as much as I love just free flowing, like just listen to the spirit and memorize whatever. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head the idea of it's like, you want to have joy in remembering God's word. Like, yeah. It's kind of the, the whole chore verse desired thing. Yeah. It's like John Piper in a nutshell. Yeah. What's the desiring God slogan? We are most satisfied. No, we are. God is most glorified in us. Right. Yeah. When we are most satisfied in him. Okay. Like sometimes, sometimes two, minute, two minute testimony. <laughs> two minute testimony right now? Yeah, go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> No, come back. You still got a minute 30 on the clock. Oh. Don't break that. Couldn't prove my point because the door was slamming. That's good. You're not the door slamming type anyway, Kendall. 
Oh, oh, is that is that going? This is oh, happening oh. right now. Yes, Kenny. You guys are recording this right now. <laughs> I really wish you had done shared your testimony into the recording. Yeah, and go. Would have been great. So this is really okay. We're doing this. Oh, we are. It's Oh gosh, two and a half minute quick testimony. Grew up in uh, Danville, Kentucky. Nice. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Sounds like a great place. It was a great place. Thank you. Grew up with um, fantastic parents. Very sort of like the textbook definition of like living up in what is called like the Bible Belt. Mom, yeah, yeah. Uh, dad is an elder of the church. Mom's sweetest woman alive. Objectively be known as a saint. Objectively. So definitely I just grew up living what I thought was known as the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Going to church every Sunday, uh, Wednesday night, uh, Bible studies, and going to a Christian church. I thought that when I was in high school, that that's what it meant to be a Christian. That's what everything meant. That's what I was doing it right. But then um, went to college. That's when everything changed because I saw other Christians um, through a college ministry known as Campus Outreach. And I just noticed that they were living their lives very different than what I was. I was very self-driven, self-focused. Um, I was the center of my own little universe and that when everything crashed around me in college, freshman year, I freaked out and panicked. And they all seemed like they were doing things pretty good, pretty right. And so when I um, asked them about what they do differently, they showed me um, something that is known as the bridge diagram. It shows me, talks about the separation that's in my life from my sin that separates me from God and that Jesus bridges that sort of little gap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of when I realized right then and there is that it's not me and it's not based on my own choices and decisions that does things. It's about what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. That's the brief two and a half minutes. You crushed that. Was it two minutes? Yeah, man. No, but staring at this little phone in the middle of the room that's recording literally everything I say. What do you mean? We're in a high-tech studio right now, Kenny. Oh, right. Forgive me. Forgive me. Dude, what's the what's the goal of this podcast? Uh, world domination. <laughs> world domination. <laughs> you know what? I like that. I want in. Uh, Let me in on the ground floor. I'll invest. Yeah, this, this, is, a, this is a Grant Lindman question. What's the goal of this podcast? The goal is exactly like the intro says. To allow people into the conversations that you have um, throughout the week that not everyone gets to share in. And so kind of allows the podcast to be a bit of a broadening of the community or allows more people to feel connected and just to be thought-provoking as a general rule not to necessarily offer the answers but just to get people's thoughts and and to hopefully have people thinking going oh i hadn't heard about micah 7 and go and chase it that's the goal if you had that what would that give you i I don't know So it's just the question Grant always asks, like, is like a follow-up question. Yeah, uh, very, very true. If you had that, what would that yeah. give you? What, what would it give He's you? He's kind of trying to expose yeah. heart, heart idols, you know? I mean, other than, other than plugging enjoydeclare.info. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you could up it and, like, make it like this is the person in ministry we're supporting this week. Or like thinking about, Ooh, that's you could, about you could up it and be like, "This is the people group we're praying for this week." Dude, you that, make that it a like at half time. Have like a half time window where you talk about the prayer people, people prayer. All right, 
Hey Nambi, hey Simon. Nambi and Simon have beautiful return bearing gifts. So dude, back to scripture memory. You can't get uh, Nathan with Chad, what's your favorite verse right now? Oh. So I'm still stuck on um, for his divine forbearance, he passed over for my sins. And then continues to talk about um, being the just and both, both the just and the justifier. Um, through those who have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And it's just divine forbearance. Didn't realise forbearance was a legal term for um, not calling upon debt that you're owed. Also, we're trying to learn Second Peter 3 to 16. I'm about two verses in. Really? Wait, Second Peter 1? Yeah, Second Peter 1 verse 3. And then it gets into like the list of all those fruits. Mm. Yeah, and so therefore... Um, Encourage you to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with mm, self-control, self-control with knowledge. I think knowledge. Then no. Knowledge, then self-control, yeah. Hold on, faith with virtue, up. virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Is that... Yeah, that's it. We're getting there, we're getting there. Yeah. I'm going to have to recite it again in front of the boys tomorrow morning at 6.30, so let's <laughs> see how we go. <laughs> yeah. Kenny, what's your favourite verse right now? Favourite verse right now? Gosh, it's probably the same one that I've had for a while. It's um, Acts 20, 24, I think. For I consider myself worth nothing, if I may complete the task, the goal ahead of me. The Yeah, the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the, ta- uh, the task of Testifying to the gospel of Jesus' grace. What do you got sitting in your brain, Carl? Are you floating around in there? Yeah. Rattling around? So, the one that has come to mind a lot recently is Isaiah 43, verse 4, which says, Because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you, I give men in return for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Just really cool verse because it's just God specifically saying to his people that he loves them and that they're precious in his eyes. And like we know that in our heads, but it's rare that you can just flip to a page of the Bible where God literally says it. And then the second half is like, I give people in exchange for your life. Kind of. Obviously, there's some references to the Old Testament, like in terms of the Israelites and some battles and stuff, but like also looking forward to Jesus who was given in exchange for us. Mm. It's just, I really like that verse. That's huge. How'd you stumble along it? Are you working through Isaiah at the moment or? Kind of, yeah. A couple, me and Frankie P have been reading Isaiah a bit and uh, just been doing like a chapter a day. Yeah, right. So I'm up to like 50 or something. For fifty odd days. Oh no! I actually just started in chapter forty. <laughs> <laughs> because there's like a shift in Isaiah, <coughs> or Isaiah, as they say. Um, in chapter forty, people are unsure whether it's like a different author, or whether it's just like a change in theme. Actually, I, I don't I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Right. Or not. I, I need to look more into the context, but. That was the first half of our chat with the gents from the Foundry Sharehouse. 
If you're keen to hear where else Kyler goes with his thoughts on Isaiah, or what we start talking about as we dive deep into Old Testament genealogy, tune in next time. But for now, thanks for chatting. See ya.